good morning, everybody. Great to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being on campus, joining us today in service at Grace Church. We welcome everyone here today. We welcome all of our guests, all of you wonderful, wonderful Grace Church people. We welcome you very wholeheartedly here today. Those of you watching live stream and Facebook Live, we welcome you as well. And uh, we're going to have a great time at Grace Church today. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. Great to see you. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm happy you're here. Thank the Lord. Thank you for that. Uh, we're certainly happy all of you are here. We're going to open our service today with uh, the dedication of a child. And, uh, one of the most esteemed honors, I believe, bestowed upon ministry upon pastor uh, we don't take this lightly uh, I believe when parents are willing to give their child back to Jesus I believe Jesus accepts that child with open arms I don't know that we've ever dedicated a baby that God said I really don't want that child and that's a great comfort to me that God is so interested not only grown adult people, but he's also interested in just the smallest infant. He gave that child life, and he died on Calvary as much for that child as he did anybody else. So it's a privilege today to be able to participate in this service. Today we're dedicating Judah Wade Lewis uh, to the Lord. This is Chris and Hannah Lewis's son. Actually, they now have a quartet of sons. Who knows? But daddy is a drummer. You never know where this may lead. Thank the Lord. Judah was born August the 6th, 2021. And uh, I believe that God delights in children. He takes great pleasure in them. According to the word of God, they are the greatest gift that God can give to a home and to a marriage. Psalm 127 verse 3 says that sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from Him. So because a child is a gift from God, it is natural that Christian parents present and dedicate their child to the Lord. In the Gospels we read that people brought little children and babies to Jesus so that He might place His hands on them and pray for them. In the same way, Chris and Hannah brings Judah and presenting first themselves to the Lord and then their beautiful baby boy to the Lord. To all of our parents here today, I call your attention to the commands of God recording, recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This isn't options and choices, it's a commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when you walk in the, by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Indeed, there is no higher calling for parents Proverbs chapter 10 verse 1 reminds us that a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. 
best thing moms and dads can do is teach their child the fear of the Lord. The Bible said in Proverbs 1-7 that this is the beginning of knowledge. It's to fear, to revere, to respect God. In other words, the successful application of all that children learn in life depends on them first learning to fear and to follow God. So I urge you to love God with every ounce and fiber of your being and teach your children to do the same. As you love God and one another, you will model before your child a wonderful love for God they will want for themselves. As Chris and Hannah comes uh, to the platform, I'll share with you a humorous story. After the dedication of his baby brother in church, a four-year-old boy sobbed all the way home in the back seat of the car. His mom and dad asked him three times what was wrong, getting no reply, only sobbing. Finally, the little boy replied, the preacher said he wanted me and my brother to grow up in a Christian home, but I wanted to stay with you guys. The point has been well made and well taken, and everybody said, Amen. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> Great to see you all today. Love Chris and Hannah and their family. So Chris and Hannah, by coming forward before God and His people, you hereby declare your desire to dedicate yourselves and your child to the Lord. So as you wish and desire, I stand here today as a minister of the gospel and in the name of the Lord Jesus, I dedicate this child, Judah Wade, to God and to his holy service. Would the church stand in the name of Jesus and everybody, would you extend your heart, your faith in this direction and let's pray for Chris and Hannah, their family, that God would guide them and lead them. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus. Pray for this amazing family. They love you. They are committed. They've dedicated themselves to you. And you have blessed them with a wonderful family and have performed many, many miracles. And I pray, God, that you bestow on them an anointing, a grace to raise their boys in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, that Judah would know would know you in every way that he can, that when he is of age, that he would repent of his sins, be baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would use him, that you would set him apart for your kingdom, for your purpose, for your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. While Brother Dave is presenting their... Uh, blanket and Bible to them, I want to remind all of us again for the beautiful, tremendous honor it is to do what we're doing right now. I'd like to remind all of us that this isn't just a formality. It's not a tradition. It bears weight. It has purpose. And I believe that God takes it very seriously. And again, I'm thankful and we're privileged today to be able to dedicate and give our kids to a God that cares about them, that loves them that will protect them, guide them, lead them, impart knowledge and wisdom. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God like that? Thank the Lord. Let's give the Lord some appreciation today.
Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you guys. Thank the Lord. While you remain standing and as our praise team comes, I feel just really special about this service today. I feel like God has some amazing things in store. I believe God wants to do some amazing things. And I want to encourage everybody here today. Now's the time to get fervent. Now's the time to get passionate about the presence of God. Don't wait till the preaching. Don't wait till some other point in the service. We're going to start our worship service today, and we've come to worship. Thank the Lord. I want to remind everybody, it's been a long time since we felt this kind of fervency and passion in the house of God. It's okay to step out in the aisle and dance if you want to, if you want to run the aisles. We're still that kind of church. Yes, we are. Let's give the Lord a praise hand, a hand of praise today as the praise team comes to lead us in worship. Very quickly, along with Pastor Murphy, I welcome everyone here to Grace Church Campus. Those joining us on live stream and Facebook Live, we're glad you're here. Just two quick reminders. I want you to remember that we have First Tuesday prayer this Tuesday night right here in the sanctuary at 730. We want you to come. We want you to bring your family, and let's pray together. Amen. Amen. And then finally, mark your calendar for October the 23rd. That is Ranch Day out in LaRanger with the Boys Ranch. We always try to go out and support them and be a part of that great day. And if you can do that this year, we encourage you to do that. So mark a calendar for October 23rd. As pastor has said, we've come to worship the Lord. Praise team is going to lead us in that direction. As they do, would you just clap your hands to Jesus and shout with a voice of triumph today. God bless
Oh
of the Lord. I love the omnipresence of God, but I love it even more when He manifests Himself. And everybody walks out of here saying, surely the Lord was in this place. announced in our past couple of services. Uh, many of you know uh, Joyce Lawrence. Uh, she's passed away. We are thankful for your prayers and uh, your words of kindness for her and her family. But uh, visitation will be here tomorrow at Grace Church 
beginning at 9.30. The service will be at 11.30. So if you can, if you can come and be a part of that, the family will sure appreciate it. It would be a blessing and encouragement to them. Thank the Lord. Dallas and Brianna, great to see you guys today. Regret the reason you're here. But God is with you guys, and he will certainly comfort you and your family, and y'all well know that. Thank the Lord. I want to preach to you today a sermon that is not mine. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I heard it, it impacted me as much or more than any sermon I've ever heard. And I uh, heard it at camp meeting a number of years ago, preached by Brother Wayne Huntley, and uh, give him full credit. But I want to preach his sermon today. Preached it here before a number of years ago, but I've, I've just not been able to get this out of my heart and mind. So in keeping with moving forward again, I want to read today from Exodus chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. And these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls. Everybody say 70. For Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty. I'll read verse 7 again. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was full of them. There were Jews everywhere you look. Now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, and he said unto his people, this is the king of Egypt, said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. That was the king of Egypt. The Bible said in Psalm 105 verse 24, And he, God, increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. My brother prophesied to us last Sunday, that God isn't going to add to this church. He's going to multiply this church. I want to preach to you for a little while. We ain't 70 anymore. If you just heard and understood what I read, your hand clap wouldn't be this. It would be... Come on, somebody. I need to figure out, like, a shock collar. Punch a button. Get everybody going. We ain't 70 anymore. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. You may be seated. Thank you. 
I'm going to preach to us today that the only limitation on Grace Church is our improper perception of who we are, what we have, and what we can do for God. Amen. I am convinced that the greatest revelation for the present day Pentecostal movement is not merely God in Christ, but a revelation of the mighty God in us. We know God was in Christ. What we must understand is that God is in us. Somebody clap your hands. I don't believe we've really found out what can happen when we really realize that God is in us. All of us needs to know that according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because, everybody say because, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have to believe that. I believe over the past 18 months or so, I really believe the devil, the world, our political system has tried to destroy the church. Everything the church does was pretty much brought to a screeching halt. But we're back. And it's not because of us. It is because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. So it doesn't matter what we've been through. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He is in you and he is greater than anything. We must know that. We must believe that. So I would like to address and identify one thing as we talk about the exodus of the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. We ain't 70 anymore. The 70 in Exodus 1-5 had become literally, that 70 had been multiplied to literally 1 to 3 million people. I don't know if anybody could imagine having a family with about 70 family members, aunts, uncles, cousins, and over a period of 400 years, that family grow into one to three million people. Y'all get your head around that. God multiplied them to the point is that there were more of them in Egypt than there were Egyptians. That applies to us today. We still think we are small with a past in chains and whipped daily. I've come against that mentality today. We ain't 70 anymore. I need for somebody to get on board here pretty quick. I don't know how else to say this. I would like to identify to us today the spiritual chain, the spiritual taskmaster, and the cruel whip 
that exist in our minds. Here it is. It's negative thinking and a poor self-image. I believe that we can shake our community when we defeat and rid ourselves of this posture. I've been told that you can put fleas in a jar with a lid on top of it. And after a period of time, it's possible to remove the lids and the fleas will remain captive due to the adjustment of the height of their previous experience. So what I'm preaching to Grace Church is this. It is possible that that which once held us, restricted us, and limited us can be removed, but we continue to live as though it were still there. I don't like going down this path, but I'm going to do it, make this one exception. Everybody's all nervous about the COVID stuff, except people that by the millions attended football games yesterday. I didn't see any mask off sections, mask only, none of that. They were all hooping and hollering. Church, we've got to catch up. We've got to catch up. I've come to preach to you today that I've got a message from the captain of our salvation. He has removed the seatbelt sign. And we are now free to be and to do and to go and to have whatever you can imagine and believe God for. We've got to get back to that place. Everybody said amen. Amen. You're getting on board with me. You're getting on board. I believe the captain has come on the radio and said, in the airplane thing, you know that, that it's, we've removed the seatbelt sign, we've turned it off, you're able to get up and move around the cabin. I'm telling Grace Church today, I've turned off the seatbelt sign. You're free to worship. You're free to praise. You're free to exalt the Lord. You're free to let the Lord have his way. I opened this service and told you today, we still believe in dancing and shouting and all running and having a great time. Somebody called it a Holy Ghost lap. Somebody could take one right now as far as I'm concerned. We've got a right to worship and be excited because greater, because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Woo! Hallelujah! So listen very carefully. Our precepts and concepts will either be channels or chains, blockades or boulevards, weights or wings. So our major problem is not in our heart. It's not our adversary. And it's not in our culture. And it's not even in our government. The major problem and challenge that we face today is between our ears. That is why on the day of Pentecost, the first place the Holy Ghost was poured out was in the upper room. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about their brain. The Holy Ghost was poured out here. The Holy Ghost was poured out here in the upper room of their body, in their brain, in their mentality. And that's why they walked around performing miracles, raising the dead, healing the sick, and casting out devils. We need an upper room outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We ain't 70 anymore. We're the people of God. And it's time we start acting like it.
Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Let me identify the three most sinister sins of the apostolic church. Little faith, small vision, and low levels of satisfaction. It is time to rise out of the mire of complacency and the stalemate of mediocrity and know that our God can do anything. We need a bigger vision, a greater faith, and a greater passion for the power of God. We've been teaching vision on Wednesday night. I hope to God we all embrace it, we all exercise it, we all believe it. Because if we have vision, people will stop perishing. If we can grow beyond ourselves, beyond our mentality, beyond our, we ain't 70 anymore. Don't you know that God can do anything? Don't you know that all things are possible? The only challenge we really face today is can we believe it? Our attitude must be, you can't shock me, you can't startle me, you can't surprise me with anything because my God can do everything. The Bible said there arose a new Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, indicating to me that this new Pharaoh had no association with Israel's past. He didn't know their history. Understand this. This new Pharaoh looked at those some three million Jews. He only knew them based on the present. He didn't know them as the fleeing fugitives from Egypt who were weak and small in number. He had no idea perhaps where they came from. He didn't know their humble beginnings. He saw them as a force that needed to be dealt with. He saw them as a threat to his kingdom. I thank God for our heritage. I thank God for the sacrifices that were made by men who were far greater than me. I thank God for the humble beginnings of the church. But what I am seeing today is that there is far too many of us that are trapped in a time warp. And by that I mean we see Pentecost not as it is, but as it used to be. We fail to acknowledge that we now have the best preachers on the planet, that they are God-called and God-appointed. They are God-anointed. They can't be bought, and they won't sell out, and they'll stand for truth. In addition to that, we have the most magnificent buildings in America. We have the best singers. We have the best musicians. And in case you didn't notice, I think some of you have been here so long, you need to be reminded, we have the best church of anybody in town. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Hallelujah. I thank God for our message. I thank God for the anointing. But we need to realize what our message is and how powerful our anointing is. Nobody has better church than Pentecostals. 
That's why we are seeing something we've never seen before. There was a day when I thought we kind of started copying them. But now more and more, they're copying us. We need a perception of what we're a part of. It wasn't but about 30 or 40 years ago speaking in tongues was of the devil. You've got virtually every Protestant church on the planet speaking in tongues. Pastors are speaking in tongues. Their saints are speaking in tongues. And I've heard in the past 10 years that there's more denominational churches that are starting to baptize in the name of Jesus. God's doing the work on our planet. You need to quit watching the news and start listening to what God has to say. Okay, I don't have to say this. We all know that the greatest threat in Russia and the greatest threat in China is the underground church, and the government is terrified of them. And as much as they persecute them, the more they persecute them, the more they multiply. We all know that. But for whatever reason, we have this little mental block when we want to apply that here. So hear me. When I tell you that there's a segment of our society that is trying to give the church a guilt complex, that's trying to get the church to have a warped image of who we are, there's a segment of our society that's trying to tell us that the church is the world's problem. I submit to you today that the church is not the world's problem. The church is the world's answer. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. The Bible said in Psalm 48, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion or the church. We're not the problem. We're the solution. It's imperative that we have the eyes of our understanding enlightened. It is like too many Pentecostals have developed scales over their eyes and they've lost sight of who they are and what they are. Peter said in his epistle, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who we are. Verse 10 is the key. Which in time past were not a people, but are now. Everybody say, but are now. Look at your neighbor and say, but are now. The people of God. In times past, we were a nobody, but now. Everybody say, now. Come on, somebody. Now. Not later. Now we are the people of God. There's far more for us than there is against us. There's more grace than failure. There's more forgiveness than sin. There's more healing than sickness. There's more God than devil. Some of you didn't hear that. 
There's far more for us than against us. There's more grace than there is failure. There's more forgiveness than there is sin. There's more healing than there is sickness. And there's more God than there is devil. Let me continue on and say, there's more answers than questions. There's more supply than need. Why? Because Jesus said, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can I give you a little modern day translation? I think God wanted the church to understand. What, I, what, what God wanted the church to understand is this. The serpent strikes with his head. The scorpion strikes with his tail. What God wanted us to know is that heads or tails, we win. Because nothing shall by any means hurt you, the Bible said. I wish somebody here today knew. God is on our side. I love it when our worship team sings, God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. You say, our, our, our world's in a horrible place right now. It is, but imagine what it's going to be like when the church is taken out of here. You don't want to be here. Note the Bible description. Note the Bible description of Israel. Biblical description. I noticed when I read my text that most of us were kind of mundane about it because we didn't see it. We didn't see it coming. Blindsided you. So I'm going to emphasize it. Notice the biblical description of Israel in our text, Exodus 1, verse 7. They were fruitful, increased abundantly, multiplied. The land is full of them. And they are more and mightier than we are. That was the king of Egypt. History supports the idea, and it's debated. But history supports the idea that there were some three million of them. They had grown from 70 to three million. Listen to pastor. Israel could have walked out of Egypt whenever they chose. And the Egyptians could not have stopped them. When the new Pharaoh saw that they were mightier, he meant it. They were undefeatable if they have only perceived it. They were unstoppable if they had only perceived it. They were unequal. If they had only perceived it. They were victors and not victims. If they would have only perceived it. That's the way the Bible describes a nation of Israel. When they were in bondage in Egypt. We must get our head around this. We're not the victims here. We're the victors. We're fruitful. We have increased abundantly. And we have multiplied. We ain't 70 anymore. 
you might not believe it. As a Pentecostal, you might not believe it. But hell knows this church is greater. You might not believe it, but the devil knows this church is greater. You may not believe it, but sin knows this church is greater. The church is unstoppable, unconquerable. We as a church are undefeatable. Oh, yes it is. So if that is true, the only thing that held the Israelites was their own improper perception of themselves. They were limited through the lid that had been placed on top of them. The lid had to be removed. They had developed that we are no more than 70 mentality, even though there were 3 million of them. They were no longer working as slaves. They had become slaves. We must understand, Grace Church, we ain't 70 anymore. I want to tell the devil we ain't 70 anymore. I want to tell our community we ain't 70 anymore. We're being fruitful and Grace Church has increased abundantly. We've multiplied, and as far as God's church goes, the land is full of us, and we are more, and we are mightier. I am not disdaining, discounting, or being ungrateful for the history of the church, but some of us are locked up by our history that we have forgotten about what's happening in our present. We still see ourselves as small and as slaves, but as Pentecostals, we must get rid of our brush harbor, storefront, wrong side of the track, small church and baker, weird people mentality. And the day that we shake that off of us, we'll shake our community. People have said, our church is not what it used to be. I wish I could go back to what it used to be. You're right. The church is not what it used to be. It's bigger. It's greater. It's more powerful. It's more committed. And it prays more now than it's ever prayed. You're right. The church isn't what it used to be. Quit fantasizing about the past. God said his church would go from glory to glory. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there is a prayer we need to quit praying. And it's, oh, God, take us back to what we used to be. Job prayed that prayer. Job said, oh, that I were as in months past. Job was saying, I wish I could go and just get everything back that I've lost. But God said, no, 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 Job, you don't want me to answer that prayer because I'm going to give you back what I'm not going to give you what you had. I'm going to double what you've had. I'm going to multiply what you've had. I'm going to grow on what you had. I'm going to make it bigger. Somebody hear me today. I believe that God has Grace Church in the palm of his hand, and he wants to grow it and make it bigger and more powerful and greater than it's ever been. I don't want to go back. I want to march forward. I want to move forward again in the will and power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. So quit praying for God to bring something back because God has something greater. 
God has a greater revival. God has a greater miracle. God has a greater blessing. Turn to someone and say, God wants to double you. God wants to double me. God wants to grow me. God wants to multiply me. God wants me to be used in a way for him that I've ever been used before. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. All right. Now turn around and tell somebody, I'm glad my church is not what it used to be. And I've got another word for you. Right now, it ain't what it's going to be either. Hallelujah. I believe God is going to fill this community with people that have repented and have been baptized in the name of Jesus and have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's what I believe. God is going to pour out His Spirit in this world. God is pouring out His Spirit in this world. The devil ain't scared of what you used to be. He's not really that scared of what you are perhaps. But this is what scares the devil to death. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Oh, God. Oh, God. The devil never has seen the church as it's going to be. We've never seen what we're going to be. The world has never seen what we're going to be. We're going to be multiplied. We're going to be, we're going to feel the land and we're going to be mighty. I want to see such a revival that the devil starts praying for the rapture. You heard right. I want to see such a revival. That the devil starts praying, oh Jesus, come on back and blow that trumpet and get this church. I can't keep nobody in sin. I can't get nobody going to hell anymore. I can't convince nobody that my way's better. God help us today to see the power and the victory of a triumphant church who believes it. I want to tell somebody, come and get them or they will be talking in tongues. I believe the devil is terrified right now. Come and get them or they'll all be baptized in Jesus' name. Come and get them or they're going to all be one God believers. devil wants the church raptured out of here because we ain't 70 anymore. Our community don't know our history like we do. They just think it's a nice campus sitting on Hooper Road. They don't know all the ins and outs and all the dirty laundry of Grace Church. And we don't blab it. As far as they know, we've grown substantially since we've been here. We've done, we've done here what they said can't be done. I've said it many times, but the previous pastor of this church, when it belonged to the other church, the building belonged to the other church, he said, I don't know why you want this building. You'll never grow here. We came here with about 
60 people. We ain't 60 anymore. I said it Wednesday night, and I'm not bragging. I'm thankful that this church has been able to do more in its size and a lot of churches twice its size has been able to do. And I'm thankful for that. But we have not yet seen what God is going to make this church into. Oh, God, help us to see that. And we must believe that. And everybody said amen. I would like for our community to finally come to the realization that if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. You'd be surprised at how many of our neighboring non-Pentecostal pastor friends speak with tongues virtually on a daily basis. And they are already talking about Jesus' name, baptism. God's moving. We've got to catch up. I'm preaching to this bunch. I'm preaching to Gideon's 300 who believe God whatever he says. And roll with it. But I believe God is going to have his way in our community. And we must understand. This generation doesn't know where we come from. All they need to know. Is who we are. Let me remind. A lot of people. A lot of people. Not just here in this building. But watching live stream. Who may watch this later. UPC. I've heard it beat up. And stomped. And kicked. UPC this and UPC that. I met a, a preacher yesterday. He said, I'll give credit to your, your organization. Y'all got the best music of anybody I know. UPC does not stand for underprivileged church. There ain't nothing as good as this. There ain't nothing as wonderful as this. And there ain't nothing as powerful as this. I wouldn't trade a Sunday at Grace Church for the best day the devil can offer. There's nothing better than being a Pentecostal and being a member of Grace Church. UPC does not stand for undesirable Pentecostal church. That was the bunch that knew Joseph. We're dealing with a new culture. We're dealing with a new spiritual climate. They don't have hang-ups about talking in tongues. They don't resist people praising God. They're not embarrassed when people get excited about Jesus. All of you folks that watch YouTube and all these big concerts, all these people jump up and down and raise their hand. We ain't nothing new to them anymore. They don't know about all the junk in the past and what happened in the 40s and 50s and all that. And there's no point in telling them. What they need to know is that there's a gospel that will truly deliver them and make their lives more powerful than they can imagine. And there's people here this morning that need to understand that. You're wrestling against a foe today. If you're wrestling with a church, you're wrestling against a foe today that you'll never defeat. It ain't going away. I believe there's people here today you may not be living everything that God wants you to live, but you find a lot of comfort in being a part of a truth-preaching church because you always have this promise that when you choose to make your calling and election sure, you're in a place that can help you settle your issues. So what this tells us today is that as the world is getting 
wilder. The church must not get milder. We can't be less. I have folks pulling on me. And they don't always say it verbally. They say it in their lifestyle and they almost flaunt it in my face. I had a woman do something years ago that attended our church that was so against scripture it was heartbreaking. I picked her child up for service, Sister Murphy and I did. By the way, that child is now a grown man and he doesn't attend church anywhere. And I'll give you a large part of the reason. It's his mama. His mama ran out to the car and I'll never forget it. She flaunted and said, look at me now. Look at me now and showed me all the stuff that she had done. That's against Bible, that's against scripture. She died not serving God. Her kids aren't serving God. You're not going to defeat the church. The only thing that held the Israelites back in Egypt was the improper perception of themselves. They still had the 70 mentality. We're only 70. For some crazy reason, the original 70 of them looked the same as the 3 million. I don't even know how that's possible. The Pharaoh of Egypt knew how many of them there were. He saw something in them that they themselves couldn't see. They could have walked out of there any time they wanted to. They were only bound by chains of their own mentality. Telling Grace Church today, we can do, we can do what we think we can't. We can be what we think we can't. We can have what we think we cannot have. And we can see what we think we cannot see calling on this church today somebody has to get over the slave mentality you have to understand today listen carefully what almost kept them in Egypt almost kept them out of Canaan and as a matter of fact I submit to you today with everything I have in me that that first generation of Jews that left Egypt, they never saw their promised land. Their kids did. Their kids did. But they didn't. Because they could never see who they were. You know what happened. When they came to the border and Moses sent out 12 spies to check out the land of Canaan, 10 came back and said, we can't. They said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers and because we see ourselves as grasshoppers they can see us as grasshoppers can I tell you that our church is no greater than what we think it is our God is no bigger than what we think he is our gospel is no greater than what we think it is it's not the size of your faith it's the size of your God that makes the difference. This is about the only time I know when the negative and positive were both right. 
the positive and the negative were both right. The 10 said we can't, so they didn't. The two said we can, and they did. A lot of it has to do with what you say. So I'm going to say here today, we can have revival. I'm going to say here today, we can double our church. I'm going to say here today, we can reach our world. I'm going to say here today that my God can do anything. So as you stand with me this morning, the Bible says, every promise of God has a yea and an amen. When the preacher says yea, the church says amen. I say, you can be healed. And you say, I say you can have a revival in your home. You say, I say you can become a dreamer. You say, I say you can have a better job. You can have a better marriage. You can have better kids. And you say, I say you can be delivered. Hallelujah to God. We must realize that we're not 70 anymore. Turn around to somebody and say, we ain't 70 anymore. We can walk on the devil. We can have revival. We can shake our community any day we get ready because we are more and we are mighty. Here at Grace, we ain't 11 anymore. We started 28 years ago with 11 people in Baker. And I've realized we ain't 11 anymore. I've realized we aren't 70 anymore. We can do anything we set our mind to do. We can have the measure revival we want to have. We can see as many miracles as we want to see. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. President Jimmy Carter said, you can do what you have to do. And sometimes you can do it even better than you think you can. I'm asking somebody here today, I'd like to have about five or ten people. They'll just grab a hold of this. We have families that are dabbling around out in sin and the world and all that foolishness. You're not going to defeat the church and you're not going to get rid of God out of your life. You're just not. He will never leave you. He will never leave you. So you might as well develop the mentality, I can't beat it. I can't quit it. I can't stop it. I might as well join it. I might as well get on board. I might as well get fired up. I might as well get filled with the Holy Ghost again. I might as well be born again. And if it takes it, we'll baptize you again. But somebody needs to get a hold of the idea. The world ain't your answer. The church is your answer. We ain't 70 anymore. And neither are you. So as they begin to play and sing softly, we do this every Sunday. And it seems like every Sunday somebody gets a breakthrough. Today it could be you. If you'll come down here with the mentality that my God can do anything and that I'm a child of God, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not afraid. I'm not backing down. I'm not quitting. I'm going to stand for what I believe. And I'm going to get on fire again with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit of God again. Come on, somebody. I'm going to let God have his way in my life. I'm gonna let God fire my life up. I'm gonna let God heal my marriage. I'm gonna let God provide. I'm gonna let God.
Change. 